You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. So congratulations to Kemba Walker on winning the Sportsmanship Award for two years in a row during the NBA Awards Ceremony, which was just a fantastic success that they were able to hold it all that time after the regular season. And everybody just loved Anthony Anderson's performance and Nothing good, nothing bad to no, say, I no, should say, about the NBA awards, right? No, nothing nothing good. <laughs> nothing good. Nothing good. There was, was one thing that was good, and we'll get into it later, yeah, but there, there was one good thing. Not a whole lot of good things going on in the NBA awards ceremony, but again, Kemba Walker, he does win Sportsmanship Award for two years in a row, and just like Jason Kidd did, it's the first guy to do it since Jason Kidd, and Mike Conley did do it, but it was two times in three years. So, so he doesn't qualify. Not as good of a person as Kemba. No. It, it, it takes a three-year span to be as good as Kemba for Mike. Conley just takes two for Kimba to, to do just excellent work off the court. So congratulations to Kimba Walker. Uh, not only a fantastic basketball player, but a great dude off the court. Yes. Uh, rumors still swirling around about Kimba Walker and whether he'll play basketball with the Charlotte Hornets this upcoming season. And if he does, just how much he'll play of this regular season with the Charlotte Hornets. Bill Simmons on his podcast, he said, quote, I heard one of the reasons Cleveland took Sexton was because they knew Charlotte liked him. And if LeBron does decide to stay, they know they have the Sexton and Clarkson for Kemba trade sitting right there. And I'll also say this. I don't know how much you can put some credibility to that. Bill Simmons, a great plugged in guy, of course, in the NBA world. So I think you just I don't think you brush that off your shoulder. But also when I was doing the mock draft for the Boston Globe sports page, Boston Globe sports page, one of the reasons that they said that the Cleveland writer took Colin Sexton was because the first reason was because it's possible yeah. Kemba trade bait. And that is one of the best ways, at least in their eyes, that you can possibly salvage a LeBron presence in that home court. So yeah. interesting discussions here about Colin Sexton. It's nothing new to the pod. We've talked about this. We talked about it last pod. Yeah. Where is it dead? And I, I don't think it's dead. And here you have Bill Simmons talking about it. But it's going to be tough because, as we talked about, Nada, Cleveland doesn't have anything else outside of Colin that piques your exactly. interest. Exactly, and that's the thing we keep coming back to. If your best offer for a guy, a two-time All-Star, is basically centered around Colin Sexton and, and a guy that no one really wants with a really bad contract in Jordan Clarkson, I think you can do better elsewhere. That's why I kind of don't believe that he's going to be traded this year because, quite frankly, there are going to be better offers. And if there aren't better offers, then you know what? You just keep him till January, and then if you feel like you need to get something for him instead of offering that carrot of the five-year deal that he's going to want as a 28-year-old point guard with no knees, then if that's the case, then look. I'm, I'll am i be fine with letting him walk for free. I'm totally fine with that at this point because 
the way this league is going, I'd rather do no deal at all than a bad deal. And you're more comfortable with that. I, I don't I don't want to do a bad deal. I don't think anybody wants to do a bad yeah. deal. And you're more comfortable with letting him walk, taking that risk more so than I am. But I will say this. On the Cleveland front, I think I'm perfectly fine with not making that trade. Yeah. Because also I think it shows you how desperate Cleveland might be. Right? If, if they didn't trade the eighth overall pick, and maybe they're not too desperate because they eventually didn't trade the eighth overall pick, but if you're if part of that reason is because he is some trade bait and a potential Kimba Walker deal, yeah. then, I mean, I, that's not exactly the factors I'm thinking of for a franchise player in LeBron's absence. Exactly. That's not the factors I'm thinking of. You're trying to keep LeBron at the same time you're trying to talk about player development. Which So the question becomes, which one is it? So... And with with LeBron James possibly leaving, and with Kimba Walker being in the mix, with Cleveland trying to figure out once they want to do with LeBron James, then I I think when you have a deal surrounded about or surrounded by Sexton, I think what's going to happen here is Cleveland is constantly going to try to figure something out, and eventually they're just not going to be able to. And Charlotte's eventually just going to say no to almost every single potential deal they have because. Sexton is just not as enticing. And I've said this before on the wake-up call. Once that pick grows arms and legs and is an actual body in that jersey, they become less valuable. Exactly. And more importantly, you have to wonder about how am I going to develop this guy. And more importantly, this deal has a deadline. This deal honestly has a deadline to it because LeBron James is probably going to make his decision on where he's going to play July 3rd, July 4th, July 5th. If he's not going to play, if, again, if he's not going to play in Cleveland, we'll know awfully early and we know, we'll know we know that the Hornets will have to move on. So we have maybe a week more of this nonsense, and then we can possibly talk about maybe Philly talking to him. I think that's optimistic. Yeah, but maybe off of Cleveland, sure. Yeah. I got you off of Cleveland. Off of Cleveland. Like, the Cleveland talk, we can, start, we can stop talking about them. Well, after 30 days, right? Because you can't trade any of these guys after 30. So if there is going to be any trade that happens, you have to wait 30 days after the, the Colin Sexton selection. And then if nothing happens within, I think, a week after that, I think that's when you have to put it to bed. But more importantly, if LeBron James doesn't sign in Cleveland, yeah, I think it's well. Official. Then that's true. Then, right. then Cleveland is dead. Well, and and you're right about that. That was that was. You're absolutely right. If LeBron decides to leave, you're right about that, Doug. If Cleveland offered Charlotte Clarkson and Colin Sexton in exchange for Kimba, both of us going no, correct? Yeah. Where are you going, Doug? I think at this point, I have come to terms with the fact that Kimba Walker will probably not end his career in Charlotte. And I don't think that I'm the only fan that at this point, because of the the rumor mill that has been spinning since last season that has come to terms with that fact. So for that reason, I'll say, sure, it's a clean deal. It doesn't add significant amounts of money long-term for the Hornets to deal with. You had a, you had a young player in Colin Sexton that a lot of people liked pre-draft that if, if he turns into a star – Suddenly, uh, you've got a player for you know seven, eight years because of restricted free agency that you have at a significant value. So I say if 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 that's the deal, if they're ready to make that clean deal, I say yes. And the reason I don't go with this one, and I would not mind having Colin Sexton with this organization at all. I wouldn't hate it. The reason I would say no is just because there's too many other more intriguing offers out there. Yeah, like I would rather go with something else now. Again, if LeBron decides to go, and if LeBron goes to LA, that's where you have another option open up 
even more so. I mean, L.A. is already an option, but that option opens up way more even if LeBron does go to L.A. Because then you could possibly have a trade for some of their younger assets to bring them back to Charlotte. And all of a sudden, the L.A. Lakers, they want to bring in Paul George, which I think it's he's going. With LeBron James going to L.A., you would have both of those guys in place. Kawhi Leonard, to me, is not going to get traded to the Lakers this season. No, I, don't, I don't think he's getting traded at all. And, I think possibly, they're going to be on the right. same. I think they're on the same wavelength as I am. Is like, look, we're better off seeing if we can get our best deal, and if not, he walks, he walks, and we can start over. So, how enticing would that be? Do, do you trade for Kimba, understanding you possibly have him on a one-year rental, and then twelve and a half comes off the books, and then you go after Kawhi in twenty nineteen. So that's the interesting thing. I just think the Lakers make a lot more sense in a potential deal that you would have for Kimba. See, I'm more of a bird in the hand kind of guy, and it sounds like you guys are looking for two birds in a bush. Absolutely. And and I'm saying if if they have this deal now, and and there's a lot of credible you know, information behind this. Listen, Bill Simmons knew that LeBron James had had that injury in the finals before everyone else did, before Zach Lowe, before anyone else did. So he ha- he has some kind of inside line into LeBron James's. Uh, people or into the Cavaliers in general. So I believe that that this deal in some form has been discussed. And if you have that, then then why not take it instead of risking losing Kimball Walker entirely? Yeah, and, and I and I get you on that. Like I if you were to make this deal, I'd be just fine having Colin Sexton come in. I just I think I'd rather take my chances. And maybe because there is a possibility that deal would come with the Lakers and you still don't get any room based on that deal, if you don't have any kind of negotiations heading your way, then possibly you have this to fall back on with just in the week. You guys are playing with too many birds and too many bushes, <laughs> and in my opinion, that's foul play. You just take you just take that deal immediately. You just really? take the deal with Colin Sexton. Really, Doug? Foul play. <laughs> really? Ka-ka. No. Um, no, no, go back. That that needs to go through the hot take machine because clearly that joke was underdone. I don't like that. It needs to bake a little bit more. Yes, it does. Um, we'll continue the Kimball Walker discussion because it, it's all the rage these days. We had Kevin uh, Kevin Artovitz actually. We'll, we'll talk with him on the wake-up call tomorrow. We did get a little bit of a sneak peek on what he thought about the possibility that Kimball Walker could be traded. We'll, we'll play some audio from him after the break and have a couple of trade proposals from the Lakers, from the Cavaliers, and a surprise team that you guys might find particularly interesting. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be back in a minute. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, (laughs) B shares batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Strong bump. Doug Branson coming in with some new hot stuff. Strong, strong material. Finally doing my job. (laughs) There you go. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you're checking out what else the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, including Locked On Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is getting you ready for the preseason with news and analysis from Charlotte to Spartanburg. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Again, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Locked On Panthers 
We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every market. Quick aside, are the Panthers going to be any good this season? I haven't really... Yeah, I, I, I think I'm there's assuming a so. possibility. I think... It's going to be a weird season for them. Like I could see nine and seven, I could see eight and eight, I could see ten and five. Like it's going to be any kind of those records, like five hundred, maybe a little bit above five hundred. So a typical Panther season. Yeah, and and again, you know, just the NFC South tough. All right then. Listen to Locked On Panthers. Bill Rossetti's got way more on that for you than I do. We'll talk Hornets. We'll continue our Kimball Walker discussion as well. And again, the, the, just a lot of trade possibilities out there with a couple of teams that could possibly be in the mix for a one-year rental for Kimba. Maybe uh, uh, some teams that need that assurance that Kimba Walker would have to sign long-term for them. Who knows? Kevin Arnovitz, again, we talked with him on the wake-up call. We'll play that interview on the wake-up call tomorrow. We've got a little bit of a sneak peek, some of his thoughts on Kimba Walker possibly being dealt. And here's you gave t- us a tester? Yeah, we did. We, we gave you a tester. We're going to tease you guys a little bit. I feel and, honored. And here's Kevin Artovitz of ESPN, fantastic basketball mind, one of the best out there. Here's Artovitz on the potential teams that could be particularly interesting in the Walker sweepstakes. So by definition, what do you want for Kemba if you're going to deal this franchise player? And the answer is young assets and potentially good picks. Right? I mean, so, so you just start with like, who's got that to offer? And I, I think when you look around the ring, I think one of the reasons Phoenix – came up is, is largely because they sort of represent, they're, they're a team that clearly wants to win now, whether or not that's a good idea, you know, to kind of cash in, uh, you know, young assets for a guy like Kimba, you know, at a moment where I still think they're a little bit away in a, in a Western conference, it's very hard. Um, but for whatever reason, whether it's because the GM wants to save his job or because the owner's getting itchy or, or because they need to kind of, you know, get things ready for so that Devin Booker wants to stay in a couple of years, Phoenix seems to be a you know, team that's got, look, they've picked seven times in the top, I think seven lottery picks in the last five or six years. So, you know, there's a menu of options of interesting young players, none of whom are other than Booker, who's not available, you know, are, are superstar potential, but all of them are kind of interesting in and of themselves. You know, they might not be very good, so going forward, they have a, you know, they have some picks that they could part with as well. Um, if you want to gamble on their, you know, on their, the fact that they'll stay, Kind of lousy, or you know, you may yeah, that's a number 10 pick, that's a number nine pick, that's a number 11 pick. Uh, if they were to part with that pick, so I, I think they're interesting. The Lakers, likewise, um, because they do have a lot of young players and clearly want to sign big time free agents. And you know, a team that also, if they trade for Kim, because here's the thing about Kemba, you know, you if you if you trade for him, you better be sure he's going to stay if you're going to part with real assets because he's a guy in the last year of his deal. And the Lakers are one of those teams that I think feels confident that any superstar who falls into their into their employ can you know be persuaded that hey you want to be a laker for life and so i think they're an interesting team um so i think that's it you have to look at teams that are have assets yet want to get immediately better at that position um the interesting thing about the league right now is you know there aren't a lot of point guard slots open i mean there's a lot of good point guards so you know there are a lot of teams that frankly just don't have a need uh, as good as Kim is now, I mean, when a player like that comes on the market, potentially, you know, you, you can certainly find a way uh, you know, to make him a cornerstone of your team. But I, I do think it would demand, and I, you know, I think Charlotte wants a good haul, and they should. Um, you don't want to lose Kim for nothing. So that that constant monitoring of, you know, would he stay for a five-year max? Um, you know, that that's, that question is going to continue to need to be monitored because, on the other hand, it, it, as wonderful as Kim is, you certainly don't want to see a guy walk for nothing. So this is, I think, going to be one of the more interesting players to watch in the next several months.
and dead on about him being one of the more interesting players to watch because Charlotte is in a position where you might just want to go undergo that rebuild and start it now. And Kimball Walker, a, a good player, a two-time All-Star who would make any team significantly better. I, I don't know if they are title contenders depending on which team he goes on, but very, very good player that he could be potentially seen. Any any takeaways from the soundbite that Kevin had right there? The one thing that I guess I keep coming back to is that I don't think people are mentioning Philly as a destination enough. And I do think that there are pieces on Philly that they can part with for Kemba, particularly that 2021 Miami unprotected pick in either Fultz or Sarge. I'd be willing to start over with something like that. Yeah, that'd be... Because that way, again, it's a good pick, good, good player, good young player on a cap controlled contract situation where you're talking about, okay, if we're going to rebuild, we're going to rebuild with some real pieces. And also Philly is trying to get over the hump against a team like Boston for that Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference crown. I do really believe that Philly needs to be a factor, more of a factor in this. And and I think that Kimba Walker will fit. Anywhere that that has a commitment to winning, because I think Kimball Walker would be fine to finish his career here in Charlotte, North Carolina, if if the Hornets were committed. Right, the city is not a problem. Here. The city's not a problem. The Lakers, I think he would fit in there. If Phoenix is committed to bringing in some veterans to turn that youth into a, a team that can actually win some basketball games and compete in the West, then he would fit there as well. So I don't think that that's a concern. It's it's really just for the Hornets uh, finding a way to get younger, get a little bit more talented. And uh, of you know, find a way to shed some money in the future. I have some trade proposals for you guys. All right, I've tailored some. There's been some that have been heavily linked, the ones that have been mentioned the most. But I've got some that I've tailored a little bit myself. So the first one, it, it was the Sexton and Clarkson deal in exchange for Kimba. Have two no's. One because I want to try to get something more. Doug, you're ready to just go for it immediately, pull the trigger. So we'll go with a couple of different teams. Can we'll, I can I offer an edit to that? Sure. If Cleveland was willing to give George Hill in that deal, uh huh, here we go, and maybe take a Marvin Marvin Williams, I'd be much more amenable to that. To take, flip. to take, did it again? <laughs> you did it again. I didn't flip flop on this. That's like a ninety degree flip, not exactly one hundred and eighty no, degrees. He's it's going more on the like side. a forty five. It's that, like the Creed, uh, uh, the cartwheel that Creed does in the office. Yes, exactly. And that was on yesterday. I, I just watched that episode yesterday for the nice. office. Not exactly the greatest uh, flip on your part. Not exactly the greatest cartwheel on Creed's part. Yeah, I mean, if you're taking away some salary, that I think that would be more enticing. I think, I, I think I'd be more amenable to that than anything else. It'd be funny to see Mitch Kupchak get yet another contract that he made bad a couple of years ago. Like, he's the guy that gave Jordan Clarkson this money. I don't he, want, again, give me George Hill. Just give me George um, Hill instead. All right, so let, let's move on. Let's go to the Lakers then real quickly. Rob Palenka calling. You guys are Mitch Kupchak. Mm-hmm. And, hey, Rob. What's up, guys? I got a trade offer. Rob Palenka okay. or Rob Lowe? Um, <laughs> yes, they look exactly like, uh, I'm here to offer you Brandon Ingram. I'm here to offer you Josh Hart. And I'm also going to have you take off Luau Dang's contract, but in, in return, Ugh. I know, but in return, I'm going to be taking Kimball Walker and I'm also going to be taking MKG. So you get Brandon Ingram, you get Josh Hart, but you take out Luau Dang's two year, $18 million contract. But I get Kemba and I get MKG. Do we have a deal or do we not have one? That's thirty again. The Hornets are adding thirty-four million dollars of useless on top of 
taking it taking away their best perimeter defender. But you're taking away 12 and 13, and again, it's the short term again. Uh, I, and you're adding Brandon uh, Ingram and Josh Hart, which is obviously the two things that uh, is most focused. When on is here. when is Ding's contract up? It's two more years, so it's this next one, and then this one after that. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Give you'll me that. do that. So you'll, take you'll, you'll take Brandon Ingram. You'll take but Josh. You know Hart. why? Because I was looking at it, uh, not this coming up season, but the season after that. If they do end up signing Kimba Walker to a long term deal. And they're adding Mozgov to that. They're almost capped out. No, anyway. they are immediately. No, they're, that, that's they're, what they're people, immediately exactly. They're seventy without Kimba. They're right. seventy against the cap without Kimba. So if you want to sign Kimba, then you're done. So okay, I, I like that deal. I'll take that. deal. You like that? I one? like Brandon All right. Ingram. All right. So Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, the two guys that come into play, and then Luau Dang. You have to take him on. So now you have Mozgov and Luau Dang's contract. But again, the, the, sin, the sins of Mitch coming back to follow him. All we needed to do is bring in Jordan Clarkson in the city, and we'll have the trifecta. Not we haven't got an answer yet. What are you thinking? Again, yes, M- MKG and Kimba. Yes, and I'm not going to flip on this one. Yes, <laughs> but, <Flippity> flip, <laughs> but. I grip my teeth and hold my nose when yeah. I say it. No, that's a good trade right there. All right, so you, you made that trade. Let's let's wipe that one now. Now we've got a different one calling. The Phoenix Suns are calling. Ryan McDonough wants hey, to Ryan. make a deal. <laughs> How's it going, Mitch? Ryan McDonough wants to win some ball games because it's about time for management to win there in, in Phoenix. Yeah, no excuses territory. So you have a ton of young talent. And the only real young asset that I'm willing to part ways with I think right now that would get me a Kimba Walker in return. I'll give you Josh Jackson, three years, seven mil. I'll give you Jared Dudley, who has just one more year left this upcoming year on a nine and a half million dollar contract. Bye, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And because you need a point guard, a backup, I'll give you Tyler Ulysses. Well. No, absolutely not. Absolutely don't not. Don't you ever call me again, Ryan. You lose hang this, up the phone. Lose wow. this number. So we don't like Josh Jackson. Kimba Walker and Frank Kaminsky was the other was the offer I, that I as had much as I as many issues as I have with Frank I am not doing that deal for even smaller Recorded backcourt on social media and I am not there are so many flaws with this one there are so so many flaws well Josh Jackson is the guy the money kind of adds up Josh Jackson would be the centerpiece here and I didn't know if Euless would be a backup point guard in your eyes I guess the question I would have for a Josh Jackson type guy is what does he do better than Miles Bridges that's the question I would sure. have. I would have the question, what does he do better than Miles Bridges? More importantly, if 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 it was like Brit if it was Josh Jackson and maybe Mark a guy like Marquise Chris, someone that you can groom as your future See, seven. I'm out on Marquise Chris, man. I'm so out on Marquise Chris. And that's I'm why I'm talking I, about a throw in. And that's and that's why I'm putting and this is the problem with Phoenix, because Phoenix was just brought in. On on brought up by Kevin on the low po- on Kevin Artovitz on the Low Post podcast that they released yesterday, and they're so right about Phoenix. Like if you're Phoenix and you want to win and you want to bring in a veteran mm-hmm. point guard, if you're going to bring in Kimball Walker, it's going to cost you something that is obviously worth the Charlotte Hornets' time, right? Yes. But at the same time, what do you consider an asset that is not essential to what they're building? Chris or Bender? I think. Well, but is that going to get you Kimba? 
See, Chris, I don't. I think. I think the. I think the future is written on on Chris for the most part. Bender is somewhat enticing. Like Bender just might be that guy. But Josh Jackson is the guy that moves the needle enough that I think could possibly be dealt. Because you're not trading Mikael Bridges, or else you wouldn't have given a first round pick in exchange for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. You're not getting rid of Aiton, of course. You're not getting rid of Booker. So those are the guys that you're keeping. Josh Jackson is the guy that falls in line that has potential, but maybe isn't as essential as Aiton and Bridges. Because I'm not doing that deal at all. I'm hanging up the phone like you guys just did for Chris and Bender. And if you guys are hanging up the phone like that on Jackson, then I just don't see a possible deal fill it. Phoenix could do. Jack, it's got to be Jackson plus though. Like Jackson Bender, then yeah, I can I can at least understand that because you may be able to get away with some some uh, Mikael Bridges at a, a, again at four. More importantly, I think they traded away their best asset during the draft. Which absolutely, yeah, sure they did. I, I think they traded away that twenty twenty one pick a little bit too early. Now if they still had that, oh yeah, we're talking. What was the deal again? Josh so it, Jackson. It was Josh Jackson and Jared Dudley for Kimba Walker and Frank Kaminsky. And then maybe – did I throw Ulyss in there? I guess I did throw Ulyss in there. Okay. I, I think that would work, right? I, I'm pretty sure I, I did it without Ulyss in the trade machine, but Ulyss's contract is nothing. I would imagine that would be I – would, I would imagine that would still count as one that would be successful. So, again, I'm just surprised because if you guys are hanging up the phone like that, then honestly, I, I can't see a deal that you guys would be – like if it's Bender, I just – to me, I just – those guys don't move the needle enough for me, man. Ben, like, Bender, even Bender coming in. Ben, like, how different is he than Kaminsky? Like, is he a I lot th- different? I think he's better. I think he's a lot quicker. I, I, I think, and I think the development curve, because I think he's, what, four years younger? At yeah. At least. Well, he, is, he is young coming in the league. So he, maybe you have the youth aspect. You have the youth aspect. I think he's a little bit more agile. I think he's, there's a little bit more traits that can be coached. And I also think that there's that there's not that confidence issue that we know Frank has. Yeah, and that's true. Whoa! Hey, satchel satchel time. time! Whoa! The satchel! I didn't even expect it to make an appearance today. Satchel's here. I thought he called and said it wanted the day off. You tricky satchel! <laughs> All right, I got to reach down into the satchel of NBA LOLs here. Find. Something good, and today we have Mr. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors getting destroyed in Papa Shot. Wait, wait, China Clay's back? China Clay is back, and he's getting destroyed uh, by a kid in Papa Shot. Uh, This was on Instagram, at (laughs) NM (laughs) with a real. Let's play this video for you guys so you can see it. Oh, I can put it on the live stream, too. Look at this. Look at the precision. Look at the robotic shot that she has. It's like she's been studying Clay Thompson. Look at that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, that- so, and, and that's and the it's all and Papa Shot's all about the ability to pick up the basketballs as quickly as you can and release as quickly as you can. And if you don't have a rhythm, then it's not working for you. Shout out to Homegirl over there. Like Philly of a couple of years ago would have put her on a ten day. And they would have absolutely. She would have ac- <laughs> she would have actually gotten a roster. She's spot got him by twenty points right now. Oh, my God. And see, here's what people don't understand. that You're totally right, Walker. It's not about shot form. It's about shot quickness. Getting those getting those balls up there as quickly as possible to maximize the amount of points. It's math, which, strange as it is, because he's playing Clay, who you know is on a team that has solved the NBA math. Yes, exactly. But still, like I'm just impressed. Like Someone needs to give her a 10-day or at least a shot in Vegas. We're giving a whole bunch of bums a bunch of shots in Vegas. Let's let's get her. Let, let me see. Let me see something with that. Are you guys good at Papa Shot? I am. It depends on um, how much alcohol I have that night. I, I like to think that I'm pretty good. 
I like to think that I'm really good. Now, Bobby and I went up against each other once. He beat me two times, but then I set the record on the machine. So he did beat me when we went head to head, but I set the high record. How many games? It was three. So you still lost. So I, I lost the two games that we played. But that I set record the record. That record doesn't mean it's anything. It's a high score. You lost. But it's not like anybody's playing defense. I set the high score on a machine. You lost. I didn't lose the high score. I lost the. I won the, the high if score. If the only thing you had, again, this is Al Bundy in the six touchdowns right here. You are doing it right here. I'm proud of my high score. As you should be, but still, you still lost. My high score, I think that can sit. I think it evens it out. You, you, you lost, Walker. I think it evens it out. I no, think, it doesn't. I think that's it. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about, we'll talk more about the uh, sneak of the week that David Walker has given to us. He's going to help me out trying to ball on a budget here. So he helps us out with uh, sneak of the week. Also mentioning some of the widest gapped nicknames, whether the nickname actually fits the guy's talent level not or not. whitest, widest. Widest yeah. and the whitest in, in some cases <laughs> that yes, we'll be talking yes. about here. On the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Walker Mail, not Edwards, Doug Branson. Keep listening to us, guys. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And that was also a connection of a connection because the new Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper, looks like the guy trying to defuse the bomb at the elementary school in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I thought looked like John Hurd, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's dad. A.k.a. Peter McAllister. I never would have got that. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Again, Walker Mail, not Edwards, Doug Branson here with you. And again, David Walker about to join us. Uh, oh, no. Been a little oh, bit. No. Oh, what's going on? You all right? You don't want David to join us? No, no. Is I David love, welcome? You know, listen, I love David, but we forgot about the 25th best Charlotte Hornets basketball player and the 25th best Charlotte beer. And, and see, what I, I thought about that as we were doing the show, mm-hmm. we have a pretty pretty packed timeline here. Do you want to try to fit that in? I think we got to squeeze it. People, right. this is what people want. People want. Okay. This. They're clamoring to know who the yeah. 25th well, people want best the sneak of the week too. Hornet. Is so. Which one do you want to do first? This is the 30th anniversary celebration of the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Guys, we're gonna need something to talk about in I, August. I, I think. I, I think this one is gonna get some discussion though. So if we if we've got some time, we've got a little bit of time, yeah, right? We got a Not bit too time. much. This one might get some discussion out of you guys. Okay. You want me to go first? You want to? You want to give us a beer? Let's do the beer. All right, let's go for the beer first, and then we'll go with the twenty fifth yeah, best. Save, Charlotte save the arguing time. time. Top twenty five. Here we are. Top twenty five. Fantastic day. And I finally have a beer for you that you can drink right now. You can go really? get this one right now. Here we go. The well, it's 25th. top twenty five. It's it's getting it down be. to the fantastic stuff. Twenty fifth best Charlotte beer of all time, according to this list that I stole from the internet from Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine, is Sugar Creek Pale Ale. <laughs> Wait, this is a beer I've actually had. I was about to say, yeah. We're, we're one for five. Woo! I'm actually on the board. Yeah. I think it should be higher, but I understand where why it is where it is. I have no clue whether it should be higher or lower. You can't really argue with these things, guys. I can until Google you the list. The, I, you know, yeah. and maybe, and he leaves the list laying around, so I've read. I, I know everything. Oh, you're this. a cheater. You cheat. Go ahead, Doug. Tell us about Sugar Creek Pale Ale. Is that what it was? Sugar Creek Pale Ale is a straightforward beer that balances citrusy hops and Belgian specialty malts. I like a beer that doesn't beat around the bush. Yeah, I like exactly. a straightforward beer. Something that's just going to be honest with me. 
That's you the like, kind of beer I like. It's a vanilla ice cream of beers. Yeah, just 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 be straight up, man. That's what I want in a relationship with my beer. You want birds in the bush, but not beers that beat around the bush. Uh, exactly. Yeah. There's there's a lot of got it. <laughs> well, we'll let you go with different <laughs> oh, areas there. Whoa, almost we'll, got a little we'll too leave bad. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Walker, let's this get into the podcast. 25th best we're, Charlotte we're Hornet of podcast. all time. The 25th best Charlotte Hornet of all time is, drum roll, Raymond Felton. Nada, Whoa. what are your thoughts on Possible. Raymond Felton coming in at 25? Over Possible Captain for- Jack. Over Captain Jack, yeah. O- over Captain Jack. Yes. Over well, Captain Jack. I'm cool. Fight me. Fight me, Nada. Let's on go. On what planet does Raymond Felton belong? The guy that got absolutely ramshackled by by Jameer Nelson. (laughs) This guy. Like, again, I'm getting to Stephen A levels of indignant right here. All right, go ahead. Yes, and you use the word indignant to show that. Thank you very much. Raymond Felton is a guy that ranks high on a lot of the point guard stats that you have on this franchise list. That's a guy that actually that playoff. Well, it does. You've got some good, you've got some good point guards with this Hornets team, or at least a couple. You have a guy, by the way, that season that got him to the playoffs, that was actually his best season in Charlotte. The guy actually put together a pretty good one to get to help get them to the playoffs, playing alongside Gerald Wallace and Steven Jackson. Again, it's a guy that played here five years that was a point guard of a team, and he, he wasn't awful. Like, I don't think Raymond Felton was awful. He's certainly not one of the best point guards in Hornets history. That's why he's 25. There's going to be a couple ahead of him. But Raymond Felton, to me, a guy that was able to be, I believe, is he second all-time in, in assists for the Charlotte Hornets franchise? It's a guy that has compiled some numbers, but not great numbers. Up. But again, five years with the Charlotte Bobcats. 25's not even that high when you look at some of the names here, but he's got to go above Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson, a good Hornet. But again, you don't even think about Bobcats when you think of Steven Jackson. You think about the Spurs. You think about We are not going to use the sentimentality aspect when this guy... If we're going just most talented, then Dwight Howard needs to be top five. If we're just going to go most talented guys that are Charlotte or most talented years, then Dwight Howard Howard is going to have to be a guy that's in the top 30. But a lot of this plays into it, and that's why Raymond Felton is 25. Here's the thing. If we're going to, again, his biggest, his two biggest memories, Raymond Felton's two biggest memories here are A, getting fat on the job, and B, he got getting, fatter later on, though. Very true. He got fat on the job. He was still all right here. And then he, then also, he got washed by Jameer Nelson. Yeah, a, that, that four, really grinded games. your gears, Jameer Nelson. That was his all star year, right? That was 2009, something like that. Yeah, still, that would have been the year that the Magic made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Those are correct? the two big years, and then he went on to New York to get to make a six million dollar contract when he was asking for ten. And he was good in New York. Raymond Felton was good for in a New half York. season. And he was good for a half season. He was good and, and got had dealt. to ship him off. Do we have any problems at your end, Doug, with Raymond Felton being 25 ahead of Stephen Jackson? Fourth all-time in assists per game at 6.4. That is one more assist than Kimba Walker's career average of 5.4. Of course, no one beating Muggsy Bogues at 8.8. I'm sure he's up your list a little bit. You don't know me. Go ahead. Brevin Brevin Knight at 8.3. Good. Brevin Knight was a tough guy to leave off the list, by the way. He was a dealer. More, in fact, I would argue he oh, belongs more on this list <laughs> oh my God. than Raymond friggin' so, Felton. I, I don't I – fit. do you have a <laughs> – talk about a hot take machine. Why don't you get that thing cooking? Do you have any problems with Raymond Felton being here 25, Doug? I want a yes or no from you. I feel like you've been dodging a couple of these. I feel like you took what our boy Panthers Mafia had to say. Give us a yes or yes, no exactly. on whether you like Raymond Felton at 25. I like Raymond Felton at 25. I, I think there are 24 better 
Charlotte Hornets of all time. Then, and you're cool with him being on the list? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Gotta, he had a significant impact. As we shouldn't, we should on the not, same wavelength. Yeah, we we don't need to to dock people for being a Charlotte Bobcat. For be, but listen, he played in a in a very difficult era of Charlotte basketball, and and he was one. Here's the thing: I think he might. Uh, you could make a case that he could be higher because he was oh, one of the oh, only reasons the to watch Charlotte basketball <laughs> for several years. It, it wasn't him. It was Captain Jack and it was Crash Wallace. It, it was Captain Jack for two years. Yeah, but at the same time, not even. He, I mean, did he yeah. even play two full years? He didn't even play two full years, did he? And it was not, exciting when it was exciting when the franchise drafted him. It was exciting, and, no, and well, it wasn't. I guess it was exciting when they drafted Sean May too. But he's not. No, again, it wasn't. I, I that was that. difficult. I, that, that was the dumb and dumber. Not on this the list, draft. Sean May. Again, it's, except it was fat and fatter. All right. They missed out on Chris Paul and Darren Williams. By the way, talk about other fat athletes. Darren Williams being yes, mentioned today. Yes. Um, so again, we'll, we'll mention this real quickly before we end the show today. We have a couple of we have a, a trade going on in the NBA. Woj reporting yesterday that Marcin Gortat was traded to the L.A. Clippers in exchange for Austin Rivers. Now, a question I pose to all the listeners is what's funnier? Doc Rivers trading his own son for Marcin Gortat? Or is it Carmelo Anthony also this week opting into his insane contract? No, 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 no. no. I would say neither. I, I mean, you got remember, something else Jerry, Jerry West. Jerry West is the one that said, hey, Doc, um, look, we're trading your son. You ain't going to do nothing about it. If you don't like it, quit. Please. And then more importantly, Carmelo Anthony can count money. You mean to tell me all I got to do to make $28 million is sign my name and opt into something? I think the funniest part about this was his response, basically giving everyone the middle finger, having someone pour wine should. over his shoulder, As having someone pour wine. And he said, you know, again, I don't think I can repeat anything that he put on Instagram, but basically trying to call everybody out for hating on him for this deal. But we talk a lot about how the the traditional NBA center is a dying breed. It is going extinct. Well, the the Carmelo Anthony model of of looking at your career and saying, I want to maximize the amount of money that I make, regardless of championships, regardless of wins, regardless of my legacy, how people view me. I just want to maximize that cheddar. That's a vestige of an NBA that we've seen go by the wayside. So many players now are obsessed with wins and championships and getting to places with other players that can ensure that they are competing for that championship. And Carmelo says, no, just show me the money. And, and shame on New York. I don't blame Carmelo. Exactly. How can you blame Carmelo for this, right? Like, like if, if it's a guy that wants money, he does it. Blame New York for giving Joe Kim Noah that contract, for giving Carmelo this one, giving Carmelo a no trade clause exactly. during the disaster days of Phil Jackson running that organization. And the only thing good that happened is the Porzingis draft because Jaleel Okafor wasn't there. Like, yeah. blame New York for all this. I'm not here to blame Carmelo. If the guy wants to get paid, get paid. He was able to control it enough to where he gets traded to a team that actually had a chance to win. Might have brought him down a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But bit. still, he gets paid. Like, I'm, I'm cool with Melo. I'm I'd rather cool. be a legend. Get at that the, wine poured, man. I'd rather be a legend at the court at, at the bank than the legend on the court. Polish Hammer, Gortat, <laughs> nickname. Is that the widest gap? Widest is in W-I-D-E-S-T. The widest and possibly widest, if depending on what you want to go. Is that the widest gap between awesome nickname and talent? 
considering what you have in Gortat and just the Polish Hammer kind of being an awesome nickname. It's really close because the Polish Hammer is a fantastic nickname, it's and, and Gortat is, you know, he is what he is. He's, He's not fine. extremely talented. It is a mismatch. I go back to AK-47, though, one of the greatest yes. nicknames oh, in NBA history nickname. for Andre Kirilenko, who, again, just like Gortat was a player who was what he was. He was not an all-star talent. Oh, he he'd be like money in this in this era of basketball. He would be, but he would be money. But again, AK forty seven, such a strong nickname, it outweighs the talent of Andre Kirilenko. Yeah, and Kirilenko was good. Them. There are a lot of them. Like think about Jason White, Chocolate Williams. Mm, God Almighty, that's a sick great one. great nickname. When you start looking back at everything, the game don't look that good. Yeah, he he was good. He was good, but you're right. Just it, for a little a two, bit, it's a two year um, two year span. One that comes to mind is, and there's a couple of them is. Uh, is well, maybe just one. Dr. Nasty, Serge Ibaka. Like, Dr. Nasty is a sick nickname, and that does not match Serge Ibaka's Oh, no. Play. Oh, no. And Dr. Nasty not is anymore. a sick nickname. And I don't know how he got it, to That's be quite frank. a terrible frankly. nickname. No, Dr. Nasty's a cool nickname. That's a cool one. But I just don't know how Serge Ibaka it, what got is, it. How does it make Dr. Nasty? Like, a cool he nickname. was dunking on guys I mean, it was a, a guy that I mean, he was in the dunk contest. It was somebody that had some flair to his game. I don't get how he got it either. I'm telling you that the nickname is better than the guy. That's what I'm saying. There's play. no connection at all. To Kevin Durant probably gave him this nickname. So, I mean, it's not like Gortat is a hammer, is he? He's Polish. I mean, that's the only link that we have. The Speaking of Kevin Durant, I would put him in this category as well on the reverse side where he is an amazing talent that just really never got the nickname he deserved. It started out as Durantula. Sick nickname to me. Yeah. You don't like it? Awful oh, Durantula's cool. Man, tough. Durantula's tough no, crowd. stupid nickname. Durantula's and that's why it didn't nickname. survive. No one uses it. So then it became KD, which is... Well, I mean, it's his initials. Again, someone tried to give him My nickname is Reaper WM. That would be a terrible nickname yeah, exactly. for you. Yeah, KD Walker is Meh, nothing. on it's the other nothing. hand. <laughs> that's a great player-hater combo. Oh, God. Walker Meh. <laughs> that would be, if we were doing if we were doing just player-hater comps. we got to bring the player-haters Walker ball at some Meh. point. What about if, it, I think you have to write Nada's out. So if it was just N-A-D-A, if you just did that one, like, yeah. meh, Nada Edwards. Nada. Yeah. People have tried to do that, and then I just tell them, I insult their girlfriend or their mother. <laughs> well, last last year I was given the nickname Doug Ranson because I always go on these. Oh, oh okay, that's on a strong show. one. R A N T S. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, good player hater comps for us, by the way. Good yeah. job for everybody that wants to hate on the show and creating actually something useful for us. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On. Oh, we got to do Sneak of the Week. Oh, we that's right. Sneak of the Week. David, I'm sorry, man. David Walker, he's going to help me out. I'm trying to ball on a budget. He's trying to find some shoes that actually will fit and so, and it will help my wallet. So thank you, David Walker. Here's Sneak of the Week right now. What's up, guys? It's David Walker back again with another Sneak of the Week. And this time we are going back to the hardwood. That's right. The season's over, but the game still goes on. We're going back to two-time world champion, two-time finals MVP, Kevin Durant. His latest iteration of his signature shoe, the KD-11, dropped in Europe this week, guys. So get your passports ready and get over there to check it out. Now, this shoe was met with mixed reactions when it hit the internet a few weeks ago, but I'm really a fan of this. Stuck with the Flyknit upper on this shoe, another low-top version for Kevin Durant. He seems to really like the low cut on his shoes. He wears them about a size bigger than he actually should, guys. Don't know if you knew that. But he likes that low cut, and he likes that bigger fit. And I like this shoe a lot. It's coming out in two colorways initially, a black and gray colorway, and then a kind of a bluish 
kind of a Warriors-ish colorway in the blue and the faded green and some yellow in there. But what I'm a big fan of on this shoe is the cushioning technology Nike has packed this shoe with. It's got Nike Zoom Air and Nike React technology cushioning in in there. And that's going to really make this shoe feel good on the court. I think we're seeing some good reviews out of it already. And I'm excited to try a pair myself. Now, for those of you looking to start up your sneaker collection and you don't want to drop a ton of money but you want to get some classics that will never go out of style i got three shoes for you and they're great for summer listen up number one the adidas stan smith this was one of the first performance athletic shoes to go with the all leather upper uh it was a tennis shoe originally but it has stood the test of time it is a bona fide classic you can pick these up right now wear them out of the store wear them all summer and they look great number two the vans old school this is one of my favorite vans shoes if you like the slip-on if you like the era if you like the authentic all classics as well i'm partial to the old school another shoe that looks cool any time of year great summer shoe great shoe you can pick up in stores whenever you want and a variety of colors so that's number two number three i'm not an air force one guy but i'm gonna get some air force ones this summer i'm gonna get a pair of uptowns the low all white look you can buy these all the time they are classics they're a staple of any sneaker collection and i need to add them to mine soon so there's three that you can go out and get right now you know you could get all three at the same time that's how affordable they are so kick that off with your sneaker collection let us know what else you see out there we'll be back next week tweet at me at david b walker if you see some shoes you want us to talk about have a great week this is the sneak of the week out (laughs) (laughs) those air force ones are awesome those things are great and i i had a pair i started off with a pair of air force ones that is a staple the all white clean air force ones those are fantastic Man, what that? did Doug? What did David just do to end that exact sneak of the week? What segment? was that sound that he made? <laughs> no, that that was one of them Jim Rome things where he's trying to do out, out, out. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying T. He's putting a hard T on that. Yes, out, out. Yeah, out. Like he's just trying to like put out. some spice on the end of it. See ya. Yeah, but he, he didn't even say his name. It wasn't like it wasn't like David Walker. Out, David Walker. Out. No, it was just just out. straight up. See ya. Here's my sneakers. Bam. See ya. See you guys. Love it. Catch yeah. you on the flippity flip. Out. All right. Big thanks to David Walker. Some good shoes. Uh, if I had to rank them in order, the Air Force Ones are always going to be a number one yes. for me. God, those Air Force Ones are clean. That takes you back. Uh, the Adidas's were cool. I like those Stan guys. Stan Smiths are classic. And the old school Vans. I could rock those. Eh. Like, they're third on the list, but I could rock those. So Doug would rock them. Good advice from David Walker, and thanks again to you guys for listening to us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for listening to us, guys. We'll talk to you again on Friday. <laughs>